This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thank you to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. Maybe I'll just do the quiet thing where I'll sit here for 10 minutes. Well, you can't because I hit go. Oh, my mic's really, really good. I should lean into my mic. Is it you? I mean, microphones are for speaking into. Oh, I've been always sick. That's my defense. No, you get no defense. I no do. quarter. I we do. get no quarter in this house. I do because I couldn't even make it to the Wardini book group last week. Oh, I was really sick. I read the book and everything. <laughs> Stop it. You are listening to a study in literacy where we pick on each other, apparently. Well, we call it a study in literacy. I like to think of it as blithering idiots. Yeah, I was trying to explain it to somebody. And they're like, oh, what sort of literacy stuff do you talk about? And it's like, well, we segue a lot. (laughs) What sort of literacy stuff do you talk about? Oh, yeah, we do that sometimes. Yeah, like when we can stay on topic. Yeah, that's right. But that's the charm. It is the charm. That's the charm of the show. It is. And that's why people tune in and stay listening because they want to, I don't know, see if we get back. The whole 55 minutes. They do. I did twice last show. Twice. (laughs) You're kind of obligated to. I'm only obligated to listen to it once. Right. But I listened to it twice. Mm. I was that dedicated. So nice you listened twice. I know. Yes. So welcome to A Study in Literacy, folks. I'm Luke. I go by he, him. I am Jill. I go by she, her. We and are proudly sponsored by Wardini Books. We are, we are sponsored by Bordini Wooks. Yep. Which is, you know you... which is Wookiees from Star Wars, but they work in a bordello. <gasps> I would go... <laughs> I thought you were going to say in a bookshop. I would go to a bookshop if it had Wookiees in it. And then I'd take one home. And it would not be kidnapping. I don't know how it would not be kidnapping. I'd think of a reason on the well, way home. If you bring it here, you say, well, I radio kidnapper to them. Mm, yes. They could be paid. If they're paid, it's not kidnapping, right? Yeah, sure. Sure. Zero, no, one cent an hour. Mm. And it's, you know, it's just labor then. Yeah. Don't take kidnapping advice from I'm people. Suddenly, <laughs> this is suddenly taking a very dark turn and I don't like it. Anyway. Even though I did it. You started it. So, so Wardini has events on. They've got a whole yes. bunch, so I'm just going to try and power through, because otherwise there's going to be no show. I was going to say, well, Whoops. so that everyone, if there's one that you like the sound of, head along to the Wardini Books face yes. book page. It was too many books on one sentence We, we get that uh, people are turning off Facebook now. Yeah, but still, I just go along to check out their events, because um, right. yeah, we don't have time to... Give full summaries That's today. Right. Or I think, do they advertise on their website? I think they do. Not all their events, I think just they, some. Yeah, there's like a news section. Yeah. Um, uh, Facebook's definitely more current, yeah. I would or say. Or go in, physically. Go, go into their to their bookstores. Yes. Talk, first, talk to them, because they're wonderful people to talk to. They will sell you books you didn't know you needed to read. Yes. Um, Phoebe and Amy were in here earlier today, and there's now a new book that I have to read because they're both raving about it so much and mm-hmm. telling me their favourite bits about it. So I was like, <laughs> oh. it's like, next time I go in, have a copy for there me. So yeah, talk to them about books. And then throw in there, oh, by the way, you've got events, right? You, you've probably spent as much money at Wardini Books on books that I have on computer parts over my whole life. Probably. <laughs> I'm such a book addict. <laughs> so they've got on Saturday the 12th of June from 6pm until 7.30pm, Taradale Library. Head on down there for the Nio Marsh Awards in association with Napier Libraries and Wardini Books. Uh, They say, invites Hawke's Bay book lovers to a thrilling evening of criminally good conversation, which I like to think that we have that. I like 
it is criminally good. Criminally good conversation featuring three exciting local storytellers. Ooh. Uh, you've got Charity Norman, a Ngaio Marsh Award finalist for Best Novel, mm-hmm. will be present with 2021 Award entrant Andrine Lowe. Sorry if I said that wrong. As well as Long Listy. Uh, long listy, which is a term. I, I looked this up because I figured you were going to make that face that you're making. I now. don't think you would have thought this is a new face. I think so. It's a new face. It's a, I just put it on this morning. I've got a new face. I went and got one. So long listy is like the opposite of being shortlisted, where you're on oh, a long list. You're yes. a long listy. Uh, Tina Clow Clo C L O U G H. Probably about how they craft mm-hmm. their plot lines and create memorable characters. I went to school with a girl with that surname. She was called Clough. Clough. Yeah. Mm. I'm not saying that's how you say hers. Could be. That's just how you said. Uh, they um. they say they say this. I don't say this. Lou Warder of Wardini Books will prosecute the offenders. Ooh. So the fact that they use the term criminally good conversation, there's gonna it's probably about true crime, crime yeah. flows, that sort of thing. Uh, entry by Koha, so bring a gold coin if you've got one. Bring a uh, note if you want. Bring a note, bring a you know, hundred dollar note. Goes yep. to goes to a good cause. It does. Uh, they've also got James Norcliffe, poet, fiction writer, educator, award winner on Ooh. Sunday, the twentieth of June, six p.m. at Wardini Books, Napier. Napier. He has written collections of poetry and short stories, several books for young adults. His writing has been featured in journals and anthologies, and he's Ooh. also worked extensively as an editor. Exciting. Uh, and then we've got Brains and Bronias, which is the uh, true crime. Investigations into the missing and the dead. Is that the one at Paisley Stage? That's the one. Paisley Stage, 20 bucks for a ticket. Yeah, not bad. Uh, Monday, 21st of June, 6.30pm. Uh, the tickets are available through eventfinder.co.nz. Investigative journalist Steve Braunius and pr- forensic pathologist <laughs> forensic pathologist I love it when we can't talk on this show it's fantastic Sinric Temple which is a fantastic name yeah. uh, Sinric Temple Camp sorry it hyphenated uh, the thing incorrectly Ooh. to how I had written it have much in common they have an abiding interest in getting to the bottom of things following the evidence making connections and unravelling the facts in often murky and obfuscated investigations sounds good so if you like crime true mm. crime not if you like crime, if you like true crime stories. No, 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 stories if you like reading that. about crime. Like, I mean, we're not going to judge you, we're not yeah. the police. Well, most people have committed a crime, whether it's speeding just a little yeah. bit, or not putting on your seatbelt when you first pull out. I mean, that's mm. technically breaking the law. That's right. Also, uh, really... driving, I think, more than 10k an hour in a car park is illegal. Also going past a school bus at more than 20, crossing railway lines at more than 20, mm-hmm. or backing for more than 100 metres. I could be wrong about the car park. What I definitely remember mm-hmm. is that uh, uh, in the when I was being sort of quizzed, when I was going for, for my learners, I, was, I got sort of uh, private lessons with a police officer. Ooh. Uh, we, there, were, there were two of us who turned up to this big seminar that was going to be put on. Only two of us turned up, and there were two police officers. So we got... One-on-one. We each got one-on-ones, and it was great. And uh, I we were quizzed on, what should you treat a car park as? A public road. It, yes. So, obey traffic laws when you're yeah. in a car park. Well, a lot of car parks, if you, like, you can actually be done for not wearing your seatbelt and That's stuff, because right. they're considered public That's right. Roads. So, just because it's a car park, you can still be done for not wearing yep. your seatbelt. And... You need to treat it just like any other intersection. Yeah. When there is an intersection, treat it like it's one on the normal road. Yep. 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, we've got road literacy here today, apparently. I feel like you probably asked police a lot more sane questions than I would have at that <laughs> age. I still remember when... <laughs> I think mum was quite horrified, actually. We went to see a funeral director for, with rangers. Mm-hmm. I would have been about 16 or 17. Okay. People asking really sane kind of questions about, you know, embalming, blah, 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 blah. Jill goes, puts her hand up. Amongst other things, I'm like, can I have the seat spell out my name? What? He said yes. They've got two different coloured seats, and if it was my request, they would spell out my name. I've I mean, always yeah. wanted that. Yeah, that's... Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not going to be specific, but I work in that field. And yeah, basically, if it's if that's what the family asks, you also cannot have a funeral at McDonald's, which I was quite sad no, about. No, if you had the money, if you really had the money, and you paid McDonald's, they no. would probably let you. No, well, you can't have the body there because of the food. Yes, it's good. So, point. I mean, I would have wanted my yeah. body there. Um, <laughs> they won't mummify you either. Not because it's against the law or they can't. It just costs far too much and most people can't afford it. Maybe maybe if you got cremated and you were smuggled in <laughs> to McDonald's and no one knew you were there and you just say, yeah, have a, have have a French a ch- fry. Have a, no, put it inside. Yeah. <laughs> we'll find a way around it. I want it. to be buried with my chicken tendies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I could probably eat McDonald's if I was dead and not be sick from it. Yeah. So. Uh, we've got uh, a new a new event that was put up today Ooh. for Wardenia. Launch of Under Duress by Bruce Bissett, or Bisset, B-I-S-S-E-T. Mm-hmm. Thursday, 24th of June at 6.30pm at Wardenia Books, Havelock North. That sounds good. Uh, they This sounds really cool because it's obviously a fantasy book. Mm-hmm. Fleeing through the snow-draped forest of the Northlands from the carnage wrought on her by winter-starved trolls and gnolls, the elven archer Alishar Arsumera Everell comes across a barbarian trapper's fire at dusk. Ooh, I like the So sound it sounds of really that. cool. That is, that is the blurb that they wrote. Uh, it's a novel about coming-of-age journeys and the finer shades of good and evil. I always love a good story that doesn't do black and white good and evil. Yeah. And I love a good coming-of-age story. Yeah. And how far the bonds of kin and honour can be tested under duress. Ooh, does sound good. Yeah. And then a little personal shout-out for me to my buddy Rob. I told him that I'd do it on... I'll do this on an episode when we're not live, so I actually have... Time to talk about his cyberpunk short Ooh, is story this, is collection. This the one that's on Amazon. Yes, it is available in ebook format by Robert J. Cunningham. Buy lots so I can get a book format. It is apparently it's been getting really good reviews ever awesome. since he published it. He he said, "Hey, you you mentioned on your show, right? We've gotten a huge uptick." <laughs> And, and I said, oh, we've only just done the show. And he said, oh, this was before then. Yeah. And I said, well, hopefully we can help you out. Yeah. Uh, it's not super expensive, uh, but it's a large collection. It's a self-published cyberpunk dystopian collection of short stories and novellas. Uh, the way that he describes it is, in the far future where humanity subsists in a vast, dark cosmos, life is a daily struggle for survival where only the strong endure. Within the shadow of the intergalactic republic, death is not true death within... As the miracles of technology allow one's mind to be digitized and exchanged between a plethora of vessels, the catch of this technological miracle is the price tag. So, quick question. Yes? Are all the short stories set in the same world? I believe so, yes. Cool. It is known as, yeah, so it is known as Dragonfire. Uh, And the protagonist is a woman named Dragon. So, if you like cyberpunk, if you like dystopia, if you like cyberpunk dystopia... If you're not sure if you like it, buy it. Give I'll try it a it go. Out. Cyberpunk's a ton of fun. I mean, they're just short stories. It's Yeah, 
That's right. They, you don't need necessarily to read them in order or read no. them all. You might read one and yeah. go, yeah, that was fine. The one, the reason I asked if they're all set in the same world is I got a, a book of short stories by not a favourite author, but an author I'd heard of. Mm. And I thought, oh, this should be good. And every story was set in a different world and trying mm. to disconnect from one world and go into the next was actually more challenging than it should have been. Yeah, it's easier to read something like an anthology when... It's different characters, but the same yeah, world. Yeah, I much prefer that. That's what Jack Vance I mean, does. Yeah, even different Earth. times in the world or whatever. Yeah. Like, I'm okay with that, but it's just like trying to disconnect and then figure out this new world. That's right. When it's all in one book, it's just a little confusing. It would be better just to have all these disconnected worlds be in different books. Yeah. <laughs> with yeah. different stories in that world. Yes, because then when you put down the book, you'd know you're picking up a different because world. Because you would assume, when you get to the second story, you're like, all right, I'm ready to learn more about yeah. this world that I just read about in the first yeah. story. And you're still in that world because you haven't changed books. And so you may end up going... Was the was the author drunk when they're writing this? That did, <laughs> that wasn't like that in the first it, story. It took me a while to click on the, at the start because there was one story, and then like the second story had two moons, and I was like, they didn't mention that in the first ah. one. And then this whole bunch of other stuff changed, and then I read the back, and I was like, oh, well, like at the very bottom, it's got like in different worlds or something. I was like, oh, oh, I helpful, mm-hmm. so helpful. Uh, so we've got some stuff from Susie Dent. Oh, uh, hi, Susie Dent. We love you. She didn't respond. To my question. We are a bit annoyed you didn't respond, though. Yeah. I mean, that's just uh, a little... She is a very busy woman, though. Is she, or is she one of these people that says she's very busy? I'm pr- she's super busy, because she's recording... I mean, she's doing, like, a lot countdown. of shows. She has her own podcast, she does interviews, and she's... She's she's a celebrity in the UK. Yeah. And they do everything. That's right. I mean, if she's schedules. willing to pay for our flight over there, we could interview her in person <laughs> from lo- the UK. I love that. We're going to interview you. You have to pay for our well, I mean, flight. I feel like it would be easier for us to fit into her schedule than her to come over here. Mm. So therefore, it makes logical sense. It's why I hope that she does some sort of book tour and she ends oh, up over here. Be brilliant. So that, for one, Wardini Books could pick her up. Yes. And then we can... Leech off of. <laughs> you can kidnap her for an hour. Uh, so in in dictionary corner in today. Dictionary corner. Uh, that's probably copyrighted. We're about to get smacked down by the BBC. No. Uh, her one of her words of the day was sequacious. Sequacious. I feel like this has a really good meaning. Prone to the slavish following of others without any independent thought or judgment. I know some sequacious people. Mm, I think we've mentioned that before, but it's a very uh, important word to be aware of. I like and a it. very important uh, uh, thought pattern to be aware of in Friends. Yeah. Uh, a, a, she says, uh, she said on May 14th, a gentle reminder that, l- I've got to try and say this right, latibulating. Latibulating. Latibulating, which is from the 17th century. It means hiding in a corner until conditions improve. Can I do that? I bet a lot of people in Canterbury are doing that right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like some people in the UK where their COVID numbers are starting to increase again probably want to do that. Mm. Uh, we've got, um, uh, this was quite interesting. The first meaning of fathom was the span of the arms outstretched in an embrace, later standardised to six feet. When we fathom a problem or area of knowledge, we are pulling it within our grasp. Is that what we're doing? Yeah. It's nice to know. <laughs> Have you been doing it differently? I don't think I've ever fathomed something, to be fair. <laughs> okay, yep, fair <laughs> enough. 
have you have you waved at them as they passed by in your mind? Probably like once they passed, gone. Oh crap! What was that? <laughs> that was probably really important. <laughs> yeah, I should probably have paid attention. Uh, one of her words of the day was parwobble. 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 P a r w h o b b l e. From nineteenth-century English dialect. To dominate a conversation by talking continuously without listening to a word from anyone else. I know a couple of people like that too. I know a lot of parables. I used to be one. I think I'm being generous here and saying I know a couple. Well, I hope I used to be one. I hope that I don't do that sort of thing anymore. I was going to say, why do you want to have been one? I No, I, I used to be one and now I am no longer, I hope. No, you're no longer. I hope I am not that. You're another word that she hasn't posted yet. We we grow. We grow. We as grow we age. as humans. Yeah. Some of us backwards. Some of us backwards. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> well, here's one that... Uh, made me think of Canterbury. Thunderplump. Thunderplump. 19th century. It is a heavy, thundery shower that seems to come from nowhere and soaks you in seconds. Oh, Taranaki gets a few of those. <laughs> like, you walk into your car after work, yep. nice and fine, and then by the time you get to your car, you're drenched. It's like the sky just goes, surprise! Yeah, and then you get in your car, windscreen wipers going mad, by the time you get home, it's fine, and the yeah. sun's out, and you're like, did I imagine yep. this? <laughs> did I imagine <laughs> like, this? And then you're like, no, I'm soaking wet, didn't mm-hmm. imagine it. Uh, there's uh, the verb scurry funge. Scurry funge? To frantically attempt to tidy up before visitors arrive. I scary fringe a lot. <laughs> Are we doing that on Friday? Yep. Uh, flinched. Flinch. Which is a Scots word to describe weather that looks like it's going to improve, but never really does. I mean, that's Scottish weather With, all the time, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Yep. Uh, snudge from the 17th snudge. century to nestle quietly and snugly with, that, with little attempt to move. That's me on the couch an awful yeah. lot. Uh, we've got edel doodle. Can you say that one again? Edel doodle. <laughs> I, I'm laughing. I which is from it. the 20th, 20th century Scots. Edel doodle. A muddle-headed individual who shows no initiative in a crisis. <laughs> I think I might be one of them. An edel doodle. I think I might be an edel doodle lo- in a crisis. I love that it doesn't sound like a Scottish word. It sounds like an Irish word. Edel doodle. <laughs> That's your leprechaun. Edel doodle. <laughs> anyway... I like uh, that it's specific to inner crisis yeah. as well. Origin of the day, a grass, standard, G-R-A-S-S, yeah. or informant began with the rhyming slang grasshopper shopper, grasshopper slash shopper, mm. because they shop a former accomplice. So like shop, sell. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then she's got clino, clinomania. I was about to say clinomania, but they're making things of something else. Clinomania, C L I N O mania, is the excessive desire to stay in bed. I can totally sympathise with yeah. anyone that has that desire. I, so I have par wobbled long enough. Yes. You have some things. I have to, one thing. You were very excited about is, it, though. Yeah, but I mean, it's completely not prepped. Okay, so my excuse is I've been sick. Mm. And today is the first day that I've been back at work. Not that you know what day it is, because I don't work Saturdays, which is when you're listening to right. this. Or whatever day you're listening to it. Whatever day you're listening yeah. to this. Um, but anyway, so <laughs> I was reading one of my favourite books, a book that I read quite a lot. Um, Goodreads only has it three times, though, because I haven't marked every time off on there. And it's from The Graceling Realm, mm-hmm. which is a series by Kristen Cashaw, or a... 
I don't know if it's a series because every book can be read individually or it can be read in order that it's written right. or it can be read in order that it's set because they weren't written in the order that it happens. But can it be read backwards? Yep, you could read it backwards. Well, I can't because I don't have the fourth book, which is the exciting part. So when I was reloading out that I'd finish book two again, being fire, mm-hmm. and I noticed that there is a Graceling Realm number four, which came out a couple of months ago. I'm super excited, and Lou says I only have to wait two weeks for it, so that is so cool. That's cool. Um, so yeah, so Wardini Books is ordering it for me in hardback, so mm-hmm. it matches all my other books. Hardback is the best back. It is. It's really cool. It's got a really cool cover, which you can't see, but you should Google. All the covers are really cool. Um, so basically, this one, in keeping with tradition, can be read in whatever order you want, mm-hmm. or you can read it as a standalone, or you can read it with all the knowledge of the others. Yeah. Or you could throw it at someone and get them to read it to you. Yeah. And the only thing, so I've read the synopsis. It sounds really, really good. And it starts four years after Bitter Blue finished. Mm-hmm. Bitter Blue's the third book. Right. And the last time-wise as well. Um, the one character that I really loved, his name's not mentioned on the blurb. Oh, so I'm hoping that he survived because he went off investigating mm-hmm. and that's where it left him just going down this dark Ooh. tunnel to investigate with some other people, mm-hmm. of course. But they're not mentioned. It's like, did they survive? Did he come back? What happened Ooh. in that four years? Is he still friends with her? I don't know. That's how you get someone to buy your fourth book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, you just need to set it in a really cool world. Yep. And this one has, so in the first and third books... They've got Gracelings, which are people with two different coloured eyes. Not everyone, just some people. And they are, like, really good at something. Some are really good at fighting. They're called graced people. They might be graced with fighting. Oh, I see. Or they might be graced with being able to tell if food's been poisoned or okay. if someone's lying. So is it? are they supernatural talents? They are, but some are really pointless. There are some people that can turn <laughs> themselves around at the waist. And there are people that can oh, eat I rocks see. without right. being sick. Okay. So they're not all useful. And then in the second book, Fire, they've got what they call monsters, which mm-hmm. can be either animals or humans, with their fur or their hair really brightly coloured, like mm. weird colours, like yellow and teal and stuff. Okay. And they can control people's minds depending on the size. Like a mouse can't, yeah. but like a bird of prey can. A mouse could control another mouse. Yeah. And okay. a mouse can still... They lead off to something that makes weak-minded people... Just want to stop and like do whatever they want. So if oh, the mouse okay. wants to bite your finger and you're not a strong person, you'll go, oh, okay, and let them do it. <laughs> okay. Um, so all, most of the strong people can survive most things. Most people aren't good with the birds of prey, and pretty much no one can resist the human ones. Right. This book has different stuff again because it says they've found, so they've discovered a new land off to the east, Tola, which is a really cool name for land. Mm. Um, and the closest nation to Monsee, which is where Bitter Blue's from, is Winterkeep. And in Winterkeep, it's a land of miracles, a democratic republic run by people who like each other. Which seems really weird that a whole people can <laughs> like each other, just judging on our world. Yeah. Um, and where people speak to telepathic sea creatures, oh. adopt telepathic foxes as pets, and fly across the sky in ships attached to balloons. Okay. So she's kind of expanded the magical stuff that happens in this tiny little world she's created. That's cool. And That's I a good way wait. to do things. You see it the first book on maybe an island, mm. and then you, the second book you get more and more and more. Yeah. Well, the first book you get a hint 
that she has something else planned because it's set in the Graceland Kingdoms, there's seven kingdoms, mm-hmm. and there's big as hills, and no one knows what's on the other side because they can't cross oh, them. Oh, I see. But they know there's another land on that side. Okay. So that makes you go, oh, oh, I wonder what's over there. And then the second book's set in that land with the bright, colourful people. Oh. And someone has fallen through the mountains, and so they then know, the bright, colourful people know, like, also, there's stuff on the other side of the mountains. Ooh. We should take a, a non-expeditionary force. They they word it in this really cool way that makes it not sound like spying, but it is. <laughs> it's basically like a non-aggressive visual something or rather mm-hmm. on these lands. A visual confirmation crew. Yeah, mm. and then in the third book, we're back in the Graceling world. And at the end of it, some of the people come over from the other thing to say to them, hey, guys, we're here. Right. And so now it's just like, oh, they found somewhere else. Cool. So in a few weeks, once I've read it, I may black out an entire weekend to devote to this book when I get it. That's cool. Yeah. Well, there you go. So that's my exciting news. The cover is gorgeous. Yeah, the cover of Winterkeep looks awesome. Oh, yeah, the book's called Winterkeep. Mm. <laughs> the author is Kristen Cashhor mm-hmm. and Kristen spelled weird. I always spell it wrong because it's K R I S T I N, not E N. Oh, not E N. Okay. Yeah, um, but Google's really good. It takes you where you want to go. Names with E N are usually Scandinavian in some way. Mm. I know that names that end in E L are biblical because it's something to do with from the light, like oh, Michael Raphael. Etc. And that's the only way I know how to spell Michael is because it's A E L. Well, the, the name Luke means light, I think, in Latin, something like that. I don't know. Uh, and Saint Luke was the patron saint of doctors and medicine. My favourite name thing is my dad's middle name is Saint. It means, or no, my dad's middle name's derived from Saint Dennis, and dad's first name is Dennis, so he's actually Dennis Saint Dennis. <laughs> Which it sounds so much cooler. And they're both Dennis with one N. Right. Um, Denise. Dennis. Denis. And St. Dennis had his head chopped off because he was a little bit naughty. A little bit naughty? Yeah, so the is other saints the, chopped his head off. Is that the theological term? I was a little bit naughty. No, that was Jill paraphrasing because it was really wordy. <laughs> but effectively, St. Dennis was naughty. got his head chopped off. Mm-hmm. And so my dad's Dennis, St. Dennis... I quite like. Who doesn't quite have his head chopped off. Not quite. He hasn't been naughty enough. Right. Or he hasn't annoyed the saints that do the chopping off of heads. Maybe they're on holiday. Or he just hasn't been caught. That's probably more like it. (laughs) So something that... We've got something to finish. So a couple of... We do. A couple of episodes ago, uh, I... Well, this would have been about a month ago now. I did a lot. I fell down a rabbit hole mm. about the history of U.S. newspapers, mm-hmm. which just the newspaper is probably one of the most influential, impactful pieces of literacy the world has ever seen. I mean, it is pretty incredible. The Particularly because you had um, numbers... Uh, let's see, where where is it? Uh, there was something like, it went from 1.4 million papers at one point in time, and then a few years later it went up to something like 6 it million papers. It was ridiculous, papers. wasn't it? And it's just the US. Like, it almost got to a point where there was more papers than people that would be reading it, so people were reading more than one. Well, particularly because they had subscription services. Yeah. Much like digital newspapers I mean, now try to get You can still get subscription services to the actual paper. Yep. We get it delivered to work. 
You, yeah, you had, um, you, we had uh, James Watson Webb of the New York Courier and Inquirer engaged in a fist fight against oh. rival editors uh, in the 1830s. Can you imagine that now? <laughs> he, yeah, he attacked another rival editor three times on the streets of New York. Good old New York, right? If it's going to happen anywhere, yeah. it's going to be New York. Can you imagine if someone did that now, though? I don't feel like yeah. it would go down as well as it might. Like, back then, I reckon they probably would have just gone, oh. Yeah. Come on, guys. There were, um, evidently, in the opening few decades of America, there were a number of disputes that turned into outright duels mm. over uh, over editors basically just fight, yelling words at each other on the newspaper, and then they would see each other in the street yeah. and have a fist fight. Uh, there were about 200 papers in 1800, with the mid-1830s seeing an increase to 1,200 different kinds of papers. So, you know, we've got the Hawks Bay Today, the Daily Mail, Guardian, yeah. across and different things. So there were... 1,200 different kinds of newspaper. Like, a lot of them must surely be, like, town or state, not full-wide. In 1840, saw a rise of up to more than 1,600. Uh, There were... Yeah, here we go. So, by mail... So, this is just sent by mail. There were 1.9 million a year in 1800 to 16 million a year in 1830. That's a lot, because you'd still get the people that go for the walk to That's buy That's right, it. and they get them from those newsstands. Yeah, or the people that go to the library to read it there. Yeah, and that was just a fraction of all newspapers published, because not all of them were sent by mail. Yeah. So the 16 million is the ones that were published and sent, yeah, and and like sent by posted mail. Yeah, like posted and sent by mail. Uh, so what where we got up to was talking very much about the subscription services and things like that. Uh, so not every newspaper was profitable, so a lot of them just ended up having to eat the debt that they ended up in because they didn't want to lose subscribers to their paper. They wanted to keep those subscribers because that's what yeah. kept the money coming in. Yeah. Uh, not every, but not everyone could afford two to three dollars a year to keep up with subscriptions. I mean, like, how times have changed, right? But if if you th- <laughs> if you were to do the reverse calculation, mm. that wouldn't that would be worth a lot now. It would be. It would be, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so... Wait, what year are we talking? Uh, this is... It jumps around a little bit. We're mainly in the 18, 1830s now. 1830s, 1840s. Uh, Thomas C. Leonard, who's a research scholar at Princeton University, he said that, quote, country newspapers announced they would settle bills for crops. Newspaper officers took in flax and wool, cheeses and feathers... Journalists came to accept cattle, hides, beeswax, and rags in payment for the news. Of all American vices, non-payment of subscriptions was among the most egalitarian. (laughs) So during the 1830s, the paper that newspapers were printed on were made of rags, which I didn't know. Uh, I did know that one because I called the daily rag or something. Ah, so since the advances we saw later in wood pulp hadn't happened yet, nor had the telegraph at at the opening um, when newspapers were first starting, there was no telegraph, which is why it took off so quickly. But then, of course, eventually, um, mid-1830s saw the telegraph come and say hello. Right, so in 1862, Mm -hmm. a dollar now equates to $123. Wow! So, I mean, that is... I wouldn't pay that much for a newspaper, and you've still got to take another 30 years off. Yeah, that's right. So... Wow, that's pretty nuts. Yep. Now, I just stick with the free newspaper that we get at work. 
Because yeah. there's one that just gets passed around all the yeah. offices. I do that or I just go on stuff or yeah. New Zealand Herald online, online and I close the little box that says, please give us money. <laughs> You've read this many articles this week and I think stop tracking me. Thank you very much. There's, there's a trick that you can do to avoid... I feel bad about this because I do want to support the newspapers because people do a lot of work for it. I don't... I don't trust them to be completely unbiased anymore. At this point, there are certain papers that I do not read and do not respect. Mm. Uh, not just papers, but sources as well. Yeah. Uh, I like to use Google News because it's an aggregate. You can look at the same oh, story yeah. from multiple different points of view. I tend to not really take much in. And the articles I do read tend to be ones that I either go and look at further online mm. later or are just comical. I like opinion. looking at science and technological pieces because there's basically, there's no real opinion yeah. stuff there. It's just, hey, we do the super cool thing. Check yep. it out. I love looking at the motoring things to see which car companies are going all electric and which ones <laughs> are refusing yep. and how stuff like that's going. And I like sports, but I tend to go to my apps for that. Right. So, yeah. Uh, so we've got... um. The the size so the size of the newspaper is absolutely wild, eighteen inches wide by twenty four inch long. Oh yeah. wow! Those are, so those are some chonky boys. <laughs> Imagine getting like a front page spread on that. Yeah, uh, requiring readers to of course spread their arms and usually fold creatively as yeah. this uh, as It'd be this like a puts it. But you'd have things that yeah. fall out because yeah. the pages aren't stuck together. Because you think, oh, it's folded up into this nice little rectangle and you open it up. Whoa! Yeah. And then if you think about it, like as you turn a page, like none of the pages are attached. That's They're just right. folded. So yep. stuff falls oh, it's everywhere. The worst. They always look so nice before you open them. Yeah, it's like a map. It never looks the same yeah. once you've actually used it. But the thing is, you talked about a front page spread. Mm. Uh, around this time, photographs... Uh, oh, sorry. No, actually, I missed a bit. Um... Later on, some papers ended up with 24 inches wide, 28 inches long pages. How does one person actually <laughs> hold that? Uh, they, they weren't thick at this point in time either, so they were only around four pages. Just imagine if you had that big one and it was the holidays and you had that full page crossword. <laughs> That's a big crossword. It would take That'd you take like you a days. week. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, later on... Um, Sorry, no, around this time, uh, photographs weren't used in papers. Okay. So they weren't being put on papers yet. And illustrations were usually just advertising. How would you know to stop and read an article if there's no photo? That's an interesting point that you ask, because there is a bit in here about this. Oh. So editors had to figure out how to stuff as much writing onto the thing as they could. You, you would have five or six tightly packed columns of tiny font with only slightly larger headlines. It wasn't always possible to tell where one article started and the next one stopped. Wow. Such was the barely perceptible printed line to separate them. Uh, the I papers... mean, if you think about that today. Oh, yeah. Like, there's photos, there's massive headlines. Oh, no, there's been a car crash down the road, but he did graduate from university. Oh, no, hold on, these are two different things. Yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't <laughs> have that mistake today. Yeah. Um so, yeah, what, what did they say? Uh, the papers evidently favoured international and national news rather than local. And the idea of picking, quote, newsworthy, unquote, stories seemed to not enter into the editor's decision making. So they were, Well, we, how did they pick? We talked last time about how sort of unscrupulous they were. They mm. just sort of went, well, grab Yeah, it, we'll grab take that one. It, it fits. So most of it was uncooked, as this excerpt puts it. 
verbatim recordings from other publications taken and stuck onto the paper alongside anything else the editor wanted to put in there. I take it this is before they got like localised journalists and stuff that wrote the articles yes, for the newspaper. Yes, and, and there is a bit in here about uh, the laws that were eventually passed. Oh. Uh, an interesting thing to learn uh, that, once again, I fell down a rabbit hole, uh, is that the early 1880s papers were kind of the reverse of what we have now, with the biggest news put on the inside rather than on the front page. So uh, what, that encouraged you to read To open it? it up and have a look inside, yeah. But now mm. it's all, I mean, people do it on, on the internet. It's clickbaiting. They yeah. want you to click on it, whereas back then... You, well, you'd exist. already got it, so you, most people. So they would they would go, oh, you want to buy that? Cool, you want to look inside, so you want to buy it. Because oh, yeah, because I inside. suppose you couldn't just, like, I mean, we browse through magazines and all sorts right. these days, whereas back then you, they probably would have been, I don't know, sealed or shut or Yeah, sealed or, or packaged or they would have them behind the yeah. counter. Well, it just I, wasn't, I as, it wasn't maybe a done thing. That's if right. you wanted the news, you had to buy it. Times were different back then. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, the, the front page was reserved for display ads about hats, hardware, and professional services, which later on became known as something else. I was going to ask what professional services those professional services uh, were. All sorts. Because everyone knows what these are. This is are. just like a classified ad, isn't classifieds, it? Classifieds. They later became the classifieds. Huh, and they then moved to like the back of the, the paper. The very back. Whereas originally, well, in the 1880s at least, they were in the front. smack on the front. Where was the sport, do you reckon, on the early ones? Would would it have even been newsworthy to report on sport? I feel like only if it was a really big event. Yeah. Sports. But otherwise, as I say, the editors would just go, yeah, that'll do, that'll do, that'll do. Uh, One of the processes that went on to garner such large amounts of news from across the country and overseas uh, is the swapping of editions between papers. This was interesting because you don't really see it happen now because everyone, we've got the technology now yeah. we've got cameras and everything everywhere but editors would mail a copy of their paper to others that were far <laughs> away who would then collect those from mail coaches and reprint selected articles in their own publications wow. with citation of the original news source so a, a paper will use new zealand as an example well that still kind of happens yeah but uh, back then it was that was the done thing as yeah you, you, you would have a paper from hastings send a paper to Wellington and say, hey, this is what's going on in Hastings. And They'd Wellington would out. send up a paper to Hastings saying, this is what's going on in Wellington. And that's how Hastings would be able to tell Hastings readers what's what was happening in Wellington. Because like they it. Because we couldn't send someone down there and come back no, in a day. Well, you couldn't just click on the... But like, and copy and paste you it. You couldn't look at Met Service or GeoNet or no. anything to I do, see what the weather was like. Yeah, I do notice sometimes on stuff nowadays, it seems to be happening more and more. I haven't noticed it on mm. any other news site. But you'll be reading an article and then you get to the bottom and it's like, this was reprinted on, with right. permission with by... permission from so-and-so. Yeah, and it's yeah, the Southern yeah. News website and it's just like, stuff at least a, now you can do that. Yeah, stuff is a bit of an aggregate itself yeah. where a lot of their stories come from New Zealand Herald, RNZ, yeah. things like that. One of the things that uh, they get a lot of ridicule for on Reddit.com, a forum site, the New Zealand subreddit, which is basically a New Zealand hmm. forum, People, when there's a, a story of high or low import, there will almost always be a comment saying, I'm waiting for the stuff journalists to come in here. And there have genuinely been stories that I've found on stuff that I went, I read about that on Reddit just last yeah. night. 
and they have straight up just pulled mm-hmm. everything from Reddit from yeah. from Reddit uh, comment threads and things yeah. like that. <laughs> I read. I love reading the comments and stuff sometimes, and there'll be the odd comment going. I'm pretty sure I read this as a comment somewhere. Yeah, or something I feel like, like it's a it's a bit of Jay Z learnerism. Mm. Uh, so with with the whole sending back and forth, with all that being done, editors would get noticed for their work. Mm. So they started because it would say, "Oh, this was done. This was written yeah. by by Jill and Hastings." And then people in the other cities would go, "Oh, oh I wonder what else she writes." And that's how they would start to get known, mm-hmm. uh, as well as um, having a just a, a very cost-effective tool for spreading yeah. news and gathering news. And I mean, back then, because news travelled slowly, we didn't have phones like we do now. Yeah. We didn't have email. That's right. It didn't matter if a news article said in Wellington last week. Yeah, like it didn't matter because it's still the first you've heard of it. It's not mm-hmm. like you can go, "Oh, that's such old news." Yeah, there wasn't really old news back then. No, it was still back all then. news. I say like I'm an old. Going to say yeah, you say it like you're way old. <laughs> but comparatively, I mean, this is like 200 years ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no one's that old. I don't think. No. Well, who knows. Uh, I did so, I don't know if I told you this, random sidetrack, because uh-huh. we can. Oh, we love those. I was doing a survey the other day, uh-huh. and you know how they group ages? So they were, it was like 0 to 15. Oh, yeah. 15 to 25, then 25, 30, 35, 40, mm. and it kept going up in fives. Mm-hmm. And then it went 65 to what? 150. <laughs> what? I know, right? Why not just write 65 plus? You don't know, it was 65 to 150. 65 to 150. Yep. I mean, that's sort of like a technically I am between 65 and 150 if you're something like 85. Yeah, but to me it's like, why was everything else like in groups of five and then all of a sudden it's like this 90 or 85 year span. It's like when the person was writing it, they'd been slacking off all day and their boss comes in and says, you've got to hurry up and post that survey. (laughs) All right, uh, I can't do it in fives anymore. (laughs) Or they just get to the end and they're like, oh crap, I've run out of boxes. (laughs) What, what can I do? And instead of hitting delete on any, they're just like, oh. Yeah, our programmers only give us so much space. Yeah. <laughs> so this, so the whole swapping thing was the beginning of uh, what is now known as news agencies, but it, became, oh. but it was known as the wire service back then, uh, albeit a very slow version of it. Mm. But now we have news agencies. We do. Uh, of this far reach... Thomas Hamilton, who we talked about in the previous episode, he was a uh, sort of scholar, scholarly mm. gentleman. He said, quote, The most remote invader of distant wilds is kept alive in his solitude to the common ties of brotherhood and country. Nice. So it was, it was because everything was connecting mm. now. We talk about a very connected yeah. world now. That The newspaper was sort of the beginning of it. I mean, if you think about it, if you lived in a small town in America... Mm-hmm. It would possibly be the only way. Like, you'd actually enjoy reading the newspaper. You'd find out what's happening all over the country yeah, for like the right. first time ever. And then imagine when things start, started coming from other countries. Ho, ho, ho. Wow. What's I mean, going on in yeah. England? I can find this out once a month. Yeah, but I mean, it's still findoutable. And it's and because people read the news, a lot of people don't read the news to read the news. They say, oh, because it's fun. It's neat. It's interesting. Mm. People like learning stuff. Naturally, yeah. people love learning stuff. Yeah, we are inquisitive people. Yeah, that's right. And so, even though even though I don't live in England, I'm interested in knowing yeah. what's happening over there. I like to know what's happening, not always in relevant ways. Like yesterday, I looked up to see whether a big cat and a bear have ever fought. I don't know. <laughs> I came up in conversation as to who would win out of a big cat and a bear. 
and there is this random ass video of a sloth bear and a tiger having a fight. Oh, that's a, a sloth bear and a tiger or a sloth bear? A sloth bear. What is a sloth bear? A sloth bear is the coolest bear you'll ever see. That's fantastic. A lot of the time it looks like they're just rocks because they're sleeping. <laughs> First time I saw one was in an Indian zoo and it was so, I was like, this has got sloth bears and I was like, where are they? And my friend's like, that is a sloth bear. I was like, it's just a rock. And oh she's like, no, 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 God. look, it's breathing. And it's just this like furry brown rock. And that's they wake incredible. up every so often. <laughs> they're so gorgeous. Um, so that's, yeah, this, so this, this information that I, I, I rejiggered to my own uh, cadence, uh, but all of it has been pulled from an article presented by Ken Ellingwood on lithub.com. Uh, and the article itself is a publishing of an excerpt from First to Fall, Elijah Lovejoy and the Fight for a Free Press in the Age of Slavery. Mm. It's a book that you can buy or, or get it from the library or find yep. somewhere. After reading this excerpt, I want to read that whole book. Oh, because that's super interesting. Uh, it's just such a huge moment in literary history. It's something you don't really think about much yeah the newspaper who thinks about the history of a newspaper it was when i was so doing doing my study um they're talking about the biggest inventions of all time right and all i remember is that one of the the whoever was presenting it said you would expect to see the printing press on here Mm. however there is a bigger invention than that the printing press wouldn't exist if there was no paper that's right and i was just like i haven't like i mean i know that somebody at some point in time, had to invent paper. Yeah. But because no one really talks about it as being an important invention, right. you forget about it. People forget, Pete, because as time goes forward, things get left behind. Yeah. And so as we're going this way, there's, okay, there's paper, then there's the newspaper, then mm. there's the printing press, and we're at that point where we just remember the printing press. Yeah. But something came before it. It did, it did. And yes, printing press... Huge. I mean, totally important. Huge. But there's still one thing can't exist without something coming no. before it. No. So, I mean, newspapers are super important. I don't think the internet would look like it did if there weren't any yeah, newspapers right. to start with. You see, you see news shows like uh, the six o'clock news. They will often have a story and they will have a citation from yeah. something. Uh, Daily Show with John Stewart, uh, not John Stewart, John Oliver. I was thinking of the Daily Show. Um, <laughs> yeah, last week tonight with with John Oliver, they get a lot of their stories from places like the New York Times, and they yeah. cite them. And they even did an episode about it: how newspapers are dying mm. because of the internet and stuff like that. They are, but people still need to get the news from somewhere. That's because right. I mean, even people who think they don't watch the news and they just care about those silly gifts and stuff, a lot of them do come from news. Stuff that's right, at and some it point, cools down, yeah, and then it just gets made a bit ridiculous and whatnot. Yeah. So, we've got uh, more things about incredibly literacy, uh, and this was super cool. It's it's a free thing, so we all love free I things love free. in Rome. Ooh. Uh, there is a company called the ATAC, A T A C. The okay. I'm gonna mess this up big time. Give it a go. The Azienda Tramvi e Autobus del Comune di Roma. Yep. Uh, tra- which is Tramways and Buses Company of the Municipality of Rome. I was gonna say I got Rome, and I figured you yep. said something about automobiles. And then. Yep. Uh, it is an Italian publicly owned company, which is good. Uh, that runs most of the public transport network and the paid parking in Rome. Hmm. 
Uh, it also runs the tram, trolleybus, and metro networks of the city, as well as most of the urban bus network. Mm-hmm. And they are managed by the private company Rome TPL, and the ATAC also operates three regional railways. If, if anyone did because I didn't know this, so I looked it up, trolleybuses are those electric buses that draw power from overhead wires. Yeah. Uh, so when I saw trolleybus, I thought, what, those things that have that sort of stretch thing in between? No, no. they have the big old, big old wires. So the reason that we're talking about the ATAC, and the reason that we, that I just said all of that gobbledygook and gibberish, is that uh, an article written by uh, Walker Kaplan for LitHub.com, man, they've got some amazing stories. I get most of my stuff from them now. Uh, wrote a story about uh, Rome and about what goes on if you are waiting at a bus stop or a subway station in Rome, you can scan QR codes printed on the walls mm-hmm. and download ebooks, audiobooks, and music entirely free. Oh my god, this is so cool. Totally. You just lift up your phone, you find a QR, QR code, code. Beep, oh, you've just got... Do you know what you're scanning, or is it kind of like a potluck scanner code and see I, what you get? I imagine they're labelled in some way, but there's got to be so many things. There's got to be some And it may even it. open up a... Uh, you scan it, and it says, what yeah. would you like to download? They're so cool. Uh, so there are children's books, poetry, theatre, non-fiction, art, travel essays, foreign language text, everything! Uh, and there's absolutely no limit to how many books or songs a single passenger can download. Oh, that is so, so if cool. you're a multiple subject, you can just go, I'm going to get them all. Yeah, if, if you've got like 20 all. minutes to wait for your... That's tra- right. I doubt you would in Rome, but just say you did have 20 yeah. minutes. Uh, get them all. Yeah. So like a Walk- Pokemon game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Walker says that they love this project because it, Im- it improves the commuting experience and promotes reading without trying to squeeze extra cash from the public, a true public good. I also like the fact that it get, could create conversation between commuters. Yeah, that's if, right. If you've scanned something and someone else goes, hey, do you, is it any good? Would you yes, get it? Yes, absolutely. Or you could be sitting like humming and harring and someone could go, hey, that one's really good. Yeah. I just got it. Or, or you both like bump into each other like a, like a meet cute or something mm-hmm. yeah. where you go to scan it and they scan it and you go, oh, hey, you're going to read this? Oh, let's yeah. talk about this thing that we're going to read. Yeah. And for all people who can't see us, we did... Like demonstrate with all our hands, all of that. We, we gesticulated greatly. <laughs> we did, and this is why we'll never be filmed. We'll never be filmed. We both have the face for radio. <laughs> we really do. <laughs> uh, so Walker quotes Giovanni Matura, the director of ATAC, where That's he said, "Quote: uh, Offering customers a free cultural service is a way to remind everyone of the function of public transport, which not only means moving millions of people." but also means offering quality services that improve the transport experience. I must admit, when I lived or have lived in cities with public transport, because in Hastings I drive, even when I work in Napier I drive, mm. but when I've had to public transport to work or home from work, mm. I've really enjoyed the extra time to read my book yeah. and not have to pay attention. Yep. And, like, I love that they're encouraging that. They're basically saying, well, you've got to sit there anyway. Here, have something fun. That's right. Have something fun to do. It doesn't have to be a boring, dull experience. No, if you're just sitting there waiting to get to yeah, work. Yeah, and it's not, it doesn't have to be seeing the same scenery outside That's or right. no scenery because you're on the subway. Yeah, because then you could scan one QR code and put in a really nice song mm. and then scan another Q- QR code and read a book yeah. with some lovely music going. Yeah. There is, there's a book that I've got sitting on my to-read bookshelf, 
and the whole, well, not the whole reason, but a main reason why I haven't read it yet mm. is because it actually says on the back of it, there is a soundtrack for this book. And no. the book is a better experience when you listen to it with the oh, right music. more books should do that. Yeah, and like, because it's a thriller, a horror thriller. Right. And part of me goes, oh, you have to have the music. And the other part goes, but I won't be able to sleep at night. <laughs> but yeah, there's music for each chapter and each section of wow. it that you can download online to play along with reading the book. That's the sort of thing that people like Neil Gaiman would do. Yeah. It just, it made, that's what made me. like Stephen King (laughs) would do that. It's what made me buy the book in the first place. Oh, cool. And now I'm just like, oh, I don't know. Do I read it with it or without it? I haven't decided. It's called Wild Animus or something like that. Wild Animus. It's the second word's a word I quite often, I think I mispronounce it with the letters that they actually put in it. Okay. Um, I'll bring it in one day. That's cool. Yeah, really I'll be cool. keeping that. You know I love my horror. I know, and I lo- you'd totally download the music and go with Absolutely. it. <laughs> Absolutely, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah, maybe I'll loan it to you. You can tell me what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> so you read the book, I'll read the book with the music. And then we can discuss. Yes. But that's that's about all that we have that time for. That is pretty much all we've got time for. Uh, this, oh, it's, it's so much fun. Yeah, go read more about US newspaper history. It's weirdly just, interesting. Just find a topic you're vaguely intrigued about right. and go dive down a rabbit hole. Yep. Uh, you people people are, uh, rip on Wikipedia all the time. It's, it's a good jumping reasonable. point. It's perfectly reasonable. The, the best way that I've ever heard it put is by Eddie Izzard, where he <laughs> where he said. Um, he said, "I love I love Wikipedia. You're you're looking at you're looking about how to make jam, and then suddenly helicopters. Yes, helicopters. We're yeah. learning about helicopters now. Yeah, because you just click on some link. I when, so whenever I use Wikipedia, every time I click on a link, I do open a new tab. Mm-hmm. So when I get to the very end, I can see what I started with. I'm like, yes. how did I get from Backstreet Boys to that? The best game to play is just." click random page oh i love clicking random page <laughs> well sometimes i'll type in something and i'll deliberately not click the one that i want I'll, like i'll type in inglewood so i'm looking for my hometown and then we're like let's not click on taranaki let's mm-hmm. find a different inglewood mm-hmm. to click on yeah and then some of it's so bizarre it is there it's is there's the another the internet. yeah there's another inglewood somewhere i can't remember where that has the same colors as inglewood that I grew up in. Oh. They're maroon and blue as well. I'm like, that's a little eerie. <laughs> <laughs> we stole it from them. <laughs> so, I've been Luke. I am still Jill. I, I I will be Luke for a little bit longer. This has been a study in literacy, proudly sponsored by Wadini Books. Yeah, and we have enjoyed hanging out with you. Please come back again next week. I hope you have all enjoyed hanging out with us. Imagine people complexly. Take care of each other. And have some hugs. Peace out. This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thank you to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.